Good morning. Peace be with you. Real quick to the announcements. We have a, a night of music coming up, and, and uh, it's not until September 30th, but this is going to be a delightful time. And I want to make sure that we're prepared and that we are able to clear our schedules in order to be able to come and participate and to hear. Uh, so if you look at your, uh, this is the 30th of September, and it's going to be delightful. So please um, mark your calendars for that. It's cooled off a little bit, but we still have our cooling station here. So during the week, uh, if you'd like to come by and sit in some air conditioning, we can do that. And um, I actually was given a, uh, the PBS uh, program of Martin Luther. And I don't know if you've seen it, but I'll bet you we could probably turn that on and listen to it uh, during the week if you wanted to come by and, and, uh, and, and, and hear that. So, you know, come and visit Pastor Ken. I almost said Uncle Ken because that's what it seems like I do. But come and visit Pastor Ken and uh, we'll have a good time and cool off if you so desire. Okay? And I wanted to uh, direct you to Pastor Roy Gwynn. Um, He's one of our fa former pastors, and the family's having a surprise birthday party for him on Tuesday, September the 18th. And um, if you'd like to send him a, uh, a note or a card, uh, the following address is attached. And I know of somebody here, um, Lou and her brother and her sister-in-law are going to go up there and visit and crash it because Pastor Gwen officiated Lou's uh, brother and sister's wedding some 40 plus years ago. So that's really exciting. So um, just to make sure that you know that. And then uh, next Saturday uh, at 9.30 a.m. Uh, in the fellowship hall, or rather the youth room, um, we'll have a uh, church council meeting, and everybody's invited to come to that and to participate and uh, put in, to listen, to hear, and, uh, and, and for your voice to be heard. Okay? How do we do? Anything I leave off? Anybody? I'm looking at Sharon. I'm looking at Ed. I'm looking at Susan. Eldred. Huh? <laughs> Duh. Okay. One thing. Today is Mission Sunday, and and the jar is there, uh, out. And uh, hi, Stan. <laughs> Good to see you, buddy. And um, there's Patty. Hi, Patty. Sorry to embarrass you. I'm just going to point everyone out that I see. Okay. All right. Well, let's have a seat. I mean, let's stand up. <laughs> and let's sing as unto the Lord.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God, our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Now, Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority alone, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, defend your church from all false teaching and error that your faithful people may confess you to be the only true God and rejoice in your good gifts of life and salvation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Uh, this first, the first reading this morning is from Isaiah chapter 29, verses 11 through 19. You can find it in the Pew Bible on page 1102. This is an exhortation not to just read from the Bible, but to study the Lord's uh, vision written therein. Isaiah 29, 11 through 19. For you, this whole vision is nothing but words sealed in a scroll. And if you give the scroll to someone who can read and say, read this please, they will answer, I can't, it is sealed. Or if you give this scroll to someone who cannot read and say, read this please, they will say, I don't know how to read. The Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based merely on human rules they have been taught. Therefore, once again, I will astound these people with wonder upon wonder. The wisdom of the wise will perish. Woe to those who go to great depths to hide their plans from the Lord, who do their work in darkness and think, who sees us, who will know? You turn things upside down as if the potter were thought to be like the clay. Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, you did not make me? Can the pot say to the potter, you know nothing? In a very short time, will not Lebanon be turned into a fertile field and the fertile field seem like a forest? In that day, the deaf will hear the words of the scroll and out of gloom and darkness, the eyes of the blind will see. Once more, the humble will rejoice in the, the Lord. The needy will rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. We will read Psalm 14 responsively. You can find it in the bulletin. Psalm 14. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek the Lord. All have turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Do all these evildoers know nothing? They devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on the Lord. But there they are, overwhelmed with dread, for God is present in the company of the righteous. You evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When the Lord restores his people, let Jacob rejoice and let Israel be glad. The epistle this morning is from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 33, uh, found on page 1823. Ephesians 5, 22 through 33. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, 
cleansing her by washing with water through the word, and to present her as himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, body, but all feed and care for their bodies, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Gospel reading this morning is from St. Mark chapter 7, verses 1 through 13, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1563. St. Mark 7, verses 1 through 13. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. Now the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, of pitchers, and of kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? He replied, Isaiah was right. When he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but with their hearts they are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And he continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, honor your mother and your father. And anyone who curses their father or mother mother, is to be put to death. But you say, that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is Corban, that is, it is devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. Thus, you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and you do many things just like that. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. 
I read a quote this week by um, that uh, author, Anonymous. He writes a lot, or she. And it says, some, if not most people, have more faith in Milton Bradley than some Christians have in God. See, the group one that that has faith in Milton Bradley buys into faithfully, they believe faithfully that when they get a new puzzle box, every piece is going to be in there. Anyone do puzzles here? Yeah? I mean, I, I was trying to think, when was the last time I did a puzzle? Okay, so I'm... I am um, 54 years old, and I don't think I've done a puzzle since I was probably 10. Now, the boys had puzzles, those wood ones, you know, and I got pretty good at those. But I can remember doing puzzles, uh, like on ski trips, and, and usually, my family wasn't a puzzle family, and we just aren't either. I don't know, I think we're going to go get a puzzle, hon, and uh, work on that. But have you ever... Spent time on a puzzle only to find out that pieces were missing. Yeah? It wasn't a brand new puzzle, though, was it? No. It was one that, you know, you went and found. Now, some people have more faith that, that all those pieces will be in there other, rather than um, they have faith in that God, the creator of all things, heaven and, heaven and earth, you, me, that he's got all the pieces and that he's putting them together at exactly the right time. In fact, we want to help. Um, we think maybe God's putting our puzzle back together wrong. I mean, you ever felt that way? You know, this isn't, no, this isn't the way it's supposed to be, right? Kind of like that, that potter and the clay. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> guilty. I've said that. I've said looking up into the heavens with my great wisdom saying, I wouldn't do it this way. Have you? Could it be that maybe we should, and this is, I know the answer to this. The answer is yes, but could it be that maybe we should rest, have peace, knowing that the creator has got all the pieces and that he is putting it all together perfectly, step by step, and that all we have to do is receive and be patient and lean on his promises. Well, Lord, you're not putting all the edges together well, that's not the way he does it, maybe, for you or for me. You've heard the thing that God is my co-pilot. You've also heard the, the kind of quick responses like, God doesn't really even want you in the cockpit. Get in the back of the plane. Enjoy the ride. But if any of this hits you, know that we are no different. You are no different than what Jesus is talking to on the Pharisees. Aside from having Jesus in your life. You are very different than they were. But they didn't feel that the pieces were going together right. And so here's where we go to the part where <laughs> you need Jesus. I need Jesus. And Jesus in this scripture this morning is saying, y'all need what you don't have. And what you don't have and what you haven't accepted is right here speaking to you right now. You know, it could be that we think too much of our own intellect. It could be that we kind of look ahead. And with it, you know, I wouldn't do it this way like, like I know. And do you recall this? Jesus, not once, not once in the Bible does he say, my superior intellect compared to your puny little brain. I mean, he could say that. He was God. He is God walking with us. 
But he never said, my thoughts, my, me. He said, I tell you what the Father's will is. I tell you what the Father told me to tell you. I remind you of what the prophets have already said. All the pieces are in the box. But that's not good enough for your intellect, Pharisees, keeper of the law, professions, or uh, experts in the law, excuse me. Or Ken, sitting here. He's got it all figured out. So how did it manifest itself? Well, to the Pharisees, as he's talking to them, he's going on and on, and he's saying, uh, they're upset about washing hands, right? In my house, you have to wash your hands before you go and eat, and especially when I was a little kid with my mom, you know. But it wasn't ceremonial. Ceremonial is like dip, dip, dip. There you go. At our house, we had this stuff called lava. Did you guys have lava soap? Anyone ever get their mouth washed out with lava soap? Oh, yeah. It's like pumice stone, isn't it? So coming with your clean hands not defiled um, was a matter of hygiene for the Whitney family growing up. But coming to the table um, that they were talking about was like, here I come and I'm going to wash my hands. And I'm not going to dip it in there, but, you know, hey, look at me. I'm clean, right? Man. Tradition. The Ten Commandments didn't say that. But what did the Ten Commandments say? Jesus says, look, you know, you guys are all worked up about being clean on the outside, but inside is death. It's what comes out of a man that makes him impure, not what comes from outside in, because what comes outside in goes into the mouth, down to the stomach, and, well, you know the rest of the process. So don't, don't look too much into that. And he says, by the way, you guys with these traditions, I mean, he's getting, I can just picture. I think he's a little bit hacked off. He's mad. And he says to these guys, you are making people break the fourth commandment of Moses. Okay, which one's that? <laughs> Honor your mother and father, right? Somebody checked. Let me make sure. No, I th- I'm right. Honor your mother and father. They required these people, these men, these families to give up Corbin. Corbin was above and beyond the 10%, the tithe, to be given to God. They were demanding that these people give that. So in effect, they couldn't take care of their mother and father because there was a tax put on them by these priests, money that was for God but that men were using. He says, you and your pitiful traditions. You're taking pieces out of the puzzle box. You're causing the people to sin. Because you're, it's all sizzle and no steak. It's big hat, big boots, and no cattle. You're a fraud. And as in Isaiah, he says, oh, and by the way, Isaiah was right when he says these people honor me with their lips. And that's it, lip service. With their hearts, they are far from me. And guess what? This pastor speaking to you right now is a wretched sinner in need of a savior. I'm no different than you, and we're no different than those men. Except we've got Jesus The only good thing in me is Jesus Christ. Where did that come from? Well, it didn't come from me saying, I accept you as my Lord and Savior because I don't have that power. He chose me before the time of of this earth was put together. Before that, he knew me and he knew you. How did I get Jesus? How did I get this faith? Well, I got it in my baptism. The day I was baptized, water and word. I need Jesus because I want to get into that puzzle box and start putting the puzzle together myself. I break commandments and I break rules and I sin. And I need Jesus. And I got him once more in baptism. 
the water and the word combined with my little faith. And I didn't, I didn't earn that faith and I didn't create it. My little faith as a baby was given to me by the Holy Spirit. That's what God says. I didn't participate in it. I received. And you do too. The Pharisees and people that have more faith in Milton Bradley and the, and the puzzle pieces says, there has to be something that you do. There has to be effort on your part. Otherwise, you cannot be a child of God. And Jesus says, no, it's done. I did it. I made, and you'll hear me say it, the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people. Hey, Ed, what part did I play in that new covenant? Not a bit, right? Not a bit. He did it for you. He did it for me. His body given, his blood shed. He came from heaven, rich, became poor. He gave it all that we might come together. Isn't it a beautiful way, and and we're finishing up here, but in the epistle. um, When Trace and I got married 25 years ago, we didn't really understand um, what the meaning was on there of of, uh, husbands and wives. And um, I have to admit... uh, (laughs) I like that part of obey your husband <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and 25 years later, um, you can see that I'm standing far enough away from her to say that. But she's, she's a wonderful woman. But here's the thing. He said, love your wife like Jesus loved the church. And how much did he love the church enough to die for it? I mean, we know how that went. But, but, but Jesus, he loves you and me, this church, like a groom loves a bride. He, he washed her, cleansed her with baptism and word. He shed his blood for his church so that by his blood cleansing her, she becomes holy and blameless. His work for you and for me, we receive. Maybe instead of trying to work the puzzle out, I'm just thinking out loud, maybe instead of working the puzzle out and you know, giving him help, maybe we should rest in knowing that he is taking these pieces and putting them together perfectly, just like he had planned from the start. And he allows us to play. He allows us to play. How? By loving one another, as Paul says in the epistle. Let us not stop coming together and breaking bread. Let us not stop coming together loving and helping one another. Putting up with each other, even when sometimes we're not very much fun to put up with. But in the bride, in the family of Christ, that's what family does. We need Jesus. And thank God He gave us Jesus, and we have him. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.
Let us now confess our faith together with the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Let us pray. Dear Lord, our almighty God and heavenly Father, we praise your holy name. We're awed by the knowledge that you indeed hear each and every one of us speaking to you, whether together or separately, aloud or silently in our thoughts, and give you thanks for our vast and incredible blessings. Our blessings are so numerous and provided by you so often that we take them for granted or fail to see them for what they are. We're sorry, Father, for our greed and self-centeredness. We thank you, Lord, for our church family here at Reformation Lutheran Church and the joy we experience every time we gather as one in your name. We thank you for our pastor, whom you delivered to us, to always remind us of the love behind the laws you provided us that we constantly break, and your eternal love, forgiveness, and salvation through the sacrifice of your only son, Jesus, that we don't deserve. Thank you for providing our faith in Jesus a faith that saves our souls through the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, your son Jesus told us to pray not only for those whom we love, but also for our enemies. You know that this is very difficult for us, and we cannot do it without the Holy Spirit helping us. So, Holy Spirit, we ask that you soften our hearts towards those who have offended us or hurt us personally. We all seem to find reasons to be offended every day by nearly everyone. Please help us stop looking for conflict. We also ask that you guide us in righteously confronting those who are enemies of our faith, enemies of our culture, and enemies of our nation, whether outside our nation's borders or within it. We know through Psalms that King David appealed to you for protection and strength when surrounded by evil, even though he was a great sinner and you came to his aid more than once. We too sin greatly, but are also surrounded by enemies intent on destroying us. Please give us the power and wisdom to overcome those who would destroy us, whether they be a person, a group, organization, or another nation. Holy Spirit, please strengthen our faith as we are persecuted relentlessly in the news media and entertainment industries. Please humble their arrogance against you. We pray for gentle rains to quench the thirst of your earth. We also pray that you would calm the earth against the violent shaking and destruction recently occurring in many populated areas. Thank you for lessening the strength of Hurricane Lane and sparing the Hawaiian Islands and its people from devastating destruction. We pray for our military members, police, paramedics, and firefighters who serve to protect our freedom and safety. We pray that you shield them from harm as they serve the people of our nation. We give you praise and thanks for the many firefighters who have fought and continue fighting horrendous brush fires throughout the Western United States. Some have lost their lives in these fires, and we pray that you welcome them into your home and that your Holy Spirit comfort their families as they grieve the loss of their loved ones. We give you thanks and praise for the congregation and pastor of Victory Outreach who have provided a wonderful witness to us and a purpose for us in supporting their efforts in spreading the message of Jesus' saving grace. Thank you for keeping us and our families safe as we travel during this time of the year. 
And we ask that you protect our children from harm as they begin a new school year. Thank you for the lives of those who have passed from this earth, knowing that all of our bodies will eventually die, but our spirit and souls are immortal. We pray that you receive our spirit and souls as your son Jesus promised the faithful, and that those who may doubt will find the truth even as they depart. Thank you most especially, Father, for the gift of your Son, our eternal Savior, Jesus Christ, and your promise of an eternity with you through faith in him. Lord, please listen to what each of us now has to say to you aloud or silently, and touch our hearts with your answers that we might understand and follow your will. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is an indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and prayers to you, O Lord, Holy Father. Through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it 
giving it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim, shout out loud, that Jesus' death And his resurrection are true. And he is coming again. Let us now pray that beautiful prayer, perfect prayer, that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Did anyone notice that I skipped the uh, offertory prayer? Ceremonial washing? No, I am not going to make a habit of that, but I wanted to throw that into there. And that is that we receive. And right now, we're about to receive Jesus, his promise, that I am with you, I am in, on, above, below, side to side, these elements here. That that is his true body, his true blood. And that is salvation. That is grace. Why? Because he said so. Why do we need it? Because without Jesus, we are no different than the rule-making and rule-makers of the past, the present, and the future. And Jesus didn't make the rules. His father did. And he gave us and he gave you the ability to approach the Father by his perfect death. Let's just relax, let's just receive, and let's just give thanks to him. Amen? You may be seated and the ushers will bring you up.
Will you please stand? I want to thank you for being here today to be washed by the word and to remember your baptism, that you are baptized, not that you were baptized. Every day you walk wet, clothed in Christ by what he did and by what you received. I pray as your pastor that when the storms of life come after you that you see hope and that you know that your hope is in Christ and what was already done. And that you find rest in that. I pray that when that isn't enough, that there are people around you that can encourage you to point you to Scripture, to pray with you, with their hand in yours. That's what church is all about. And I thank you for being that kind of church. And now, the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing hymn is Lead On, O High Eternal.